Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You're now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glass of the Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. As usual, uh, got a nice little panel, fun panel, actually, um, this week. We've got Paul, you know very well. we got Carrie, who you also know very well. Uh, we also have the spawn of Carrie. Carrie may not have a mother, but she sure as hell has a daughter. Uh, her daughter's name is Eva. Eva's uh, amazing, and in the biz, I think the term they refer to it as an Eva, but hide your ears or whatever. Uh, she's smart as fuck, uh, smarter than all of us, I think, put together probably, and uh, she listens to a lot of great music. And so uh, she has she has heard her mom talk about a lot of stuff we talk about, and she's been over here for this, her and Daria hang out from time to time. And uh, and she just said, hey, randomly, like, oh, you're going to be talking about avalanches? Then uh, maybe I'd like to say something. So she did, and it was wonderful. Uh, so we're gonna be doing that uh, on the podcast today. That's that's the main gist of it. Uh, before that, we're gonna we're gonna sort of explore the idiocracy here a little bit. There's a new almost uh, American Idol type contest that's brewing up. Uh, except it's gonna be based on your Spotify download. So you get to compete, and then uh, people will judge you. Most harshly, uh, based on no criteria at all, usually, <laughs> um, uh, based on the number of Spotify downloads that you get, and then you get to move on and, and get a quote-unquote recording contract. We got more about that right at the upfront, and then at the back end, going to be talking about a little groovy band called the Portland Cello Project. They, they're just celebrating 10 years. They just did a cover of a Prince song, so I'm going to tell you more about that uh, after our uh, discussion of the Avalanches album. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really groovy, and they're going to be playing here in D.C., I believe, on 921, uh, if you're listening to this around the release date, out of Jam, Jam and Java, and uh, it's going to be a pretty good pretty good show. I'm going to try to make it out there, hopefully, uh, and maybe you'll try to make it out there, too, once you hear the song. Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing this week. So if you're ready, uh, and you are comfortable, and you're ready to have sort of Eva sort of blow your mind uh, with their remarkable opinions and insights uh, here we go this is episode number 218 of Chunky Glasses the podcast where we're reviewing the new album from hip hop legends in quotes uh, the avalanches wildflower okay. it happens here and it finishes here two men enter one man nearly a two word review just a shit sandwich I will roll the record up to the next That right there is a wonderful song. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love Yeah, we're back down here in the basement, searching the internet as we are wont to do. Uh, got Paul down here, hey. back from Asheville. I am shocked to, that you don't have dreads, but that's okay. Well, like I told you, I balanced it with a trip to Tampa, so those two kind of just evened out. Do you have? You Zika just milk toasted yourself into back into your regular health, <laughs> yep. back in your regular haircut. Uh, we have Carrie here, and, and, uh, and we have Spawn of Carrie, Eva. <laughs> Hello, Eva. Hi. Uh, we are violating no laws by having a minor on this podcast. I've, because I've, we don't pay her. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the she rest of us. Have her own record, and I'll give her a cookie every time she does something good. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> we adults get paid in beer, and so I'm just going to put her beer in a trust until she turns Ooh, eight, uh, 21. That, that beer's going to be good, then. <laughs> it's going to be so good, then. <laughs> 
Um, anyways, look around the internet. Uh, you know, there's a lot of wacky stuff out there. Uh, and you know, that's what Giuliani says. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and, and Trump. And, uh, Came across this little story here. Uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes for you. But talking about the, the new way to discover music, uh, it was announced recently that there's going to be a show called The Stream uh, that is basically your your basic um, American, America's Got Talent. What is it? Uh, American Idol, The Voice Now. Is that what it is? Uh, but these contestants, eight contestants in total, uh, you know, are, are going to compete and then their their performances. This is what I wasn't clear on. Their performances or songs that they have already recorded are going to go up on Spotify, and then they're going to be judged by the number of streams uh, that they they get. And whoever gets the most is the winner. So whoever has the most pull with people who have like streaming bots is going to win. I, that is one way to look at it, Paul. Yeah. Whoever has the most shares on their Facebook page, share my friends' thing on Spotify. Way to look at. So, so the funny thing about all this is that even though I think this is being put on by Spotify, I think this is their their major investor in this this little program, is that all the hubbub. In fact, today, uh, you know, another story we're going to be talking about another podcast about how Spotify is uh, playing it fast and loose. They're running month to month now. They are on the uh, month to month lease with all the music that you have. Uh, and so many complaints about how uh, Spotify is ruining the music industry and all this, and yet we're gonna put it out there and have people just uh, <laughs> like the the most basest form of judgment of music that I think you can possibly imagine. Uh, are you guys gonna watch this at all? Are we, are we gonna pay attention? No, no. I don't pay attention to any of the things that are on TV either, because as much as they want to say. Uh, I think the quote is, it's the people, not the music industry, who discovers right. new talent. Well, that's bullshit because that bullshit. somebody's got to pick who's there for you to pick from. It's not just... It's called the A&R guy. It, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And no, I just, I, I think that um, what I'm really more concerned about is what the comments are going to be if there's a commentary field and not just yeah. on straight downloads because you end up just destroying these people that are going out and putting their heart and soul into this who are not professionals who have not been, um, you know, like toughened up through um, years of doing whatever it is they've been doing, and they're just being, you know, thrown to the wolves of the internet. So now I'm yeah. not going to support this and, at all. And, and it's sort of a, a thing, like, you know, they, whoever wins, they're going to get a, a record contract out of this. Which, what the hell does that which, mean? Well, <laughs> well, what that means is that they are going to be responsible for all kinds of recoupables and be told that if they maybe got 100,000 streams, so they're depending on the visibility of this, uh, basic people like basic things, and so simple people. Yeah, no, and, <laughs> and so you could have millions. I mean, look, American Idol was not a failure. Neither is none of these shows are a failure, and I don't watch any of them. But they they're all service a segment of the population. And now we're talking about throwing people into that like a real time, not not voting like I'm texting to this, right? Like real time actual things like. This is exactly how many people listen to your your stuff. And instead of what it should be doing, which is, I think, like basically determining their value in the marketplace, we're going to reward them and hold them up as like a higher talent. Paul, you're which, being quiet. I, I don't know. I, the way that we're talking about it, throw them to the wolves of the internet. It's, <laughs> I, these are people who make a choice to go and uh, and put themselves out there for presumably a reward that they want. 
um, I'm fine with it. I'm not going to pay any attention to it because I think it's dumb as hell. But <laughs> it's, it's, I don't feel bad for anybody who gets savaged by a comment section or ends up on the wrong side of an A&R deal because of this. They're going into it with what should be eyes open and, uh, you know, reap what you sell I, I, I guess, I, I guess, I, I guess that, that's my thing. And this is a little, like, paternalistic, but, like, I don't see anybody going into this with eyes open. I think I think you know. Look, the music industry has been decimated. You talk about like Adele selling what, like eight million albums. Michael Jackson laughs at her, uh, you know. And and now we're just sort of lowering the bar to like, oh, you got two hundred thousand streams on your single, sweet. Oh, and- Michael Jackson laughs at her, but she laughs at Michael Jackson with her concert revenues. I don't. I mean, I, I, because he's dead. I mean, no. I mean, like Adele. Off he has of, no concert revenues right Adele now. Adele off of two albums could tour selling five hundred dollar tickets for the next well, decade. No, I, I agree. But I, my point was like, comparatively speaking, the money that people like Michael Jackson made and people back when the music industry was in full swing, uh, her, her it's peanuts what she's making. Yeah, but what does that have to do with a competition for people who We're don't have a record contract? Further. This is no different than like the crap that they that they did on uh, variety shows back in the day. It's just you've got a new means of responding to it. Oh, so it's just like a, a swinging it back around to old yeah. school. It's just Spotify's your show of shows. It's what we've always done. Like if you've got a way to commodify something cheaply, then you're gonna do it. They'll give somebody a cheap record contract, and hopefully for them make more money off of it than they're giving out because the amount of investment they've got to do to put a show up there streaming with some, you know, w- with you doing all the work for them. If they're judging only by right, the number of streams, right, right. they're like, we're just hosting a video feed and some music. Right. Which is literally what yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> you you think, vote for it. Like, think, you're doing all their work for them. That's why networks love reality shows. The overhead is low. Well, Paul's point earlier of whoever has the bots wins, I think, is probably the most relevant comment to come out of this. I get your point on you're asking for it. You're putting yourself up there. It's not like this is a surprise what people do on the Internet. But Mm -hmm. I I tend to think very maternalistically, particularly since my spawn is with me today. I I feel so I don't think people really understand what it feels like to be savage like that until they are actually out there. Well, I feel like to a certain degree, all of these like music award shows like The Voice and American Idol, they're all super fake. Like none of the people on that show are. I don't feel like they're really there because they're, you know, from a little town and they've always loved singing like it feels there's no boring people on those shows they all have really intricate background stories so that people will they've worked on their hustle exactly (laughs) (laughs) so i feel like to a certain degree anyone who the fans want to win yeah will win not because they'll listen to the music a lot but just because the tv channels will like pay attention to that and then can have a lot of influence on how many streams because of bots like paul said so so my question then is uh, is this democratizing like i I guess it's a it's for me it's a it's a opposition of the market versus like the uh the pure art no you know you know what what? but if it democratizes it and and all of a sudden we're like we don't have to like overhype frank ocean's album (laughs) you know you know what democratizes it band camp democratizes it soundcloud democratizes it it's already democratized this is just, this is actually the opposite. This is it's just commodification. Them, yeah, this is them plucking a few people who want to be who want to be exposed through this competition show, giving them 
hopefully some extra exposure, drumming up some drama, and going through the old formula just in a new medium. Well, here's here's what I'm really hoping comes out of this. If Rebecca Black's Friday does not make a comeback based on this download, <laughs> then it's fixed. Okay. I, I think that's I think that's I think that's about I, I think that Rick Astley automatically will win the streaming battle. <laughs> <laughs> because he appears in he every just, single he person. Just video. Signed a recording contract <laughs> based on the, the, his him his role as an influencer in being Did able to rick roll. I'm not even roll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even making that up. That was a very subtle rick roll, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he really he this this really happened, and he's he's back in the game. So you can look. I mean, he's never gone well, away. Here's, the here's what's going to be the best. I mean, look, it's well, really you, you're never going to give him up. You're never gonna let him die. <laughs> but, but here's what's going to be the best. If if they start talking about this and it's all about a new album, and you put it on, and it's never going to give one long track. Uh, so. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So in the in the idiocracy that we're we're rapidly approaching, uh, the stream is coming uh, to you. I, I I'm gonna say that when it comes on, I I don't expect either of you guys to do this. Eduardo and I do stupid stuff though. So we'll actually sit down and we'll watch it and we'll <laughs> we'll review it. I mean, we're gonna do Britney Spears. Come on. I'm totally in on the Britney Spears. Are you? Yes. Florida Georgia Line. Uh, I don't know. No. Okay. Is that going to be a Daria guest appearance? I'm working on it. I am so working on it. She said no, but then I saw that little glint of hope in her eyes. She said, but, but I could be a star. Ask me three times. <laughs> you, you know how to get her on? Say the only other person I could get to do it was Paul. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, that's actually a good motivator. And if you don't show up, then she's just going to get a Brit Brit trash. Yep, so. Yeah. Uh, and uh, now speaking of idiocracy, I think it's time to get on the album we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the Avalanche's Wildflowers. You've been waiting. Ah, Frank Sinatra. Frankie, my boy, don't know. You have a perfect voice to sing Calypso. What did they say? Ah, Frankie Sinatra. Ah, Frank Sinatra. Frankie, my boy, don't know. You have a perfect voice to sing Calypso. What did they say? Ah, Frankie Sinatra. Ah, Frank Sinatra. Frankie, my boy, don't know. You have a perfect voice to sing Calypso. What did they say? Ah, Frankie Sinatra. Ah, Frank Sinatra. Frankie, me boy, don't know. You have a perfect voice to sing Calypso. What did they say? Frankie, me boy, don't know. You have a perfect voice to sing Calypso. Office Walker, he's Office Walker. Please, Mr. Officer, I only had some vodka. Little marijuana, just a few biker, and I'll be You know, that track is Frankie Sinatra. That is off the Avalanches, uh, Australian band. Uh, big comeback now, Wildflower. There, uh, when was this? Back in 2001 or 2009? It was 2000. It was 99. Was it? It was 99. Yeah. They formed in 97, but then since, no, it had to have been 2000. because it was, it was 99. It was, it was voted one of the best albums of the century by Pitchfork, and they never make those kinds of errors, Paul. Of the <laughs> last century, though, right? no. no. No, of this century. Um, anyways, uh, since I left you, and I'm going to cop this, was apparently a big milestone for a lot of people, uh, some in this room, some people listening. I, I, I've never heard of this band. The only reason I've heard of this band is, honestly, Carrie, because of you saying we should do the damage. And then Eduardo <laughs> followed up with this. Um, you know, they, uh, they've won a bunch of awards uh, in Australia. 
and they're actually considered one of the greatest Australian exports of all time. Well, that's because the other one is Vegemite, and by comparison, they're I mean, Midnight Oil, uh, <laughs> NXS, let's see, you can go down the list. Um, you know, you can tell from that, uh, it's it's this is the kind of stuff that uh, Damon Albarn's doing with gorillas a lot mm-hmm. of times. There's a lot of whimsy in it, and in, in it's hip-hop mixed with a lot of uh, Disneyfication of this. Uh, but as someone who's spent the past week listening to this, I I honestly this is the first time this has ever happened on on this podcast. Are you guys punking me? <laughs> like I I just I don't understand what's going on with this music. I don't understand. <laughs> I I I don't understand what's going on with people saying that they are like big fans of this or this was influential. Like this is a good su- diversion to me. You know, I mentioned the Sid and Marty Croft. It, we're back to Lisbon. How, how did you feel about since I left you though? Did were you did you listen to that one? Yes, it came I out? did, and I felt the same way. I I don't see. I don't if if I want to listen to, uh, well, well we'll get to that. But yeah, I, I I don't see anything of consequence in here. So I'm going to depend on you guys to like sort of lead <laughs> this and, and and legitimately explain what avalanches are to me because I just don't get it. Well, honestly, you know, it's you either like this music or you don't. It's not a matter of me explaining anything or anybody else explaining anything that's going to make mm. you like it or not like it. Um, I, with, um, uh, since I left you, that I don't think it's, I mean, it wasn't influential for me. Right. I really hadn't listened to it that much and it came and went and I didn't pay attention to it. Um, listened to it again, uh, this past week or two and I, you know, I, I, it's fine, but there's nothing in it that stands out. There's nothing that makes me want to listen to it twice. Um, I understand, you know, from the reading up on it that how important it was to, to some people. And I think that it, you know, has led to uh, like other artists like Moby and these other artists that, that really just plunder from everything and put put it together. Uh-huh. I think this album is a thousand times better than the previous album, which you know, it's been 16 years in the in we're the interim. Gonna, we're going to have this a fight is, now. <laughs> it's not really, a, it's not really a, a, a band per se. I mean, it's a bunch of DJs who get together and basically just listen to shit for 16 years and then pile on top of each other. But I think that this no, but I think that this actually works really well because I I happen to like what they've put together and I like what they've picked and I like how they've mixed things together. That Frankie Sinatra, I like it. I think it's a it's a fine song. I, I don't think it's the best song on the album, and I know a lot of people really dislike it. Um, I don't think it's indicative of of the bright spots on the album. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to listen to uh, because I'm me, but yeah, we are. Um, that song is just. How anybody can listen to that, and when the break comes in, when you've got um, Camplo who just like puts rap on top of the you know the the essence of the other two um, older tracks that are laying on top of each other, mm-hmm. it's just how do you not just like want to raise your arms in the air and just like dance around? So it's I get so so I, so I get all that. I, I get all that, but I I don't understand what distinguishes this from. Like some wax tracks I can pick up at a DJ shop and just like put that on. Well, but that's I think that that's the difference. And I want to I want to circle back just for a second to uh, to since I left you. Um, I'm a little more ambivalent about this album, and I definitely think that since I left you is a better album. But it sounds like I was the only one here that 
was listening that listened to it back then and thought, "Whoa, this is a really good and album." Right. And, and, there, and yeah. there are a lot of people that I'm friends with, like on Facebook. Right, and but stuff. I mean, in this room, oh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. we're on a podcast. I have a the lot people of in on this Facebook. room, so I'm going to represent. Well, that is back in the humanity. closet. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> we, he can come out and we can argue about Tom Hanks. But he's, uh, he's got to organize my 311 CDs. <laughs> but anyway, um, the. the, the the late '90s, beginning of the beginning of the 2000s, were a weird time for a lot of people for music, and I, a lot of people who are listening right now might might be saying, "Oh, I was in a particular scene. Right. This didn't sound particularly new." But think about what most people are listening to at the time. You've got new metal taking over the airwaves. Indie seems to be kind of stuck in between, uh, like Euro style uh, rave electronica. Mm-hmm. And kind of whatever ha- is happening post pavement, uh, pre post punk revival in the in the right. early two thousands New York scene. It's a really transitional scene, and you've got this idea. There's been a, obviously a lot of sampling. It's not like the Avalanche has invented sampling, but what they took was uh, this idea well, that the Dust Brothers and some others have been playing with earlier in the earlier in the nineties, but had been layering new voices on top of, and said we're going to just create a collage. Now it sounds de rigueur because like. Everybody with a laptop can do that. Everybody who's had any kind of turntable experience has a library that they can draw from. But at the time, there were not people who were getting albums put out where they created a pure collage of remixed samples that sounded like something new it well, wasn't well, sta- it wasn't well, there, sticking there, pictures there, there on the wall it's called the entire hip-hop industry no it wasn't no hold on hold on kevin up, i'll back no. up from that no, i'll back up from that that is actually <laughs> absolutely incorrect because no, the hip-hop the, re- in, the, the hip-hop reason industry, is because they got shut down no because, no because kevin how kevin, the hell are you two getting into thunderdome over this album kevin i mean hold on for a second what what you're missing there is that the hip hop industry, while they absolutely pioneered sampling, would pull a single sample or two samples and then rap on top of it. What these guys were doing were saying, "I'm going to take a sample, layer a sample, layer another one, remix but, all, all, remix it all out of samples." It was the difference. I, I get that between I Andy that. Warhol redrawing a can and somebody making a collage out of just Campbell's soup can. But, okay, well, well, first of all, De La Soul was doing that exact thing ten years prior, but also. The reason behind that, it, no, the reason they behind, really, they listen, really weren't listen, doing on, it like this, on. Kevin. The reason they weren't doing this extreme, but there's a very good reason because it became illegal in the United States to do it. That's fine, and then this, but then this broke through as something different. Like you're asking why it was influential. Okay, maybe that's why because it popped through and people were like, "Holy shit!" But I can take something from this. Like I said, I started this off by saying. And you, 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 you go with this story to people who are deep into music and they're going to go, oh, I can give you a counterexample. I can give you a uh-huh. reason from it. This broke through in a way to a lot of people that said, I hadn't thought of being able to do it like this. Or I thought you could do it a little bit. Yeah. I didn't think you could put out a complete new artistic product that was entirely found sounds and samples and not really anything else on top of it. Okay. I mean that 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 is largely tied to copyright law. 
Okay. It's 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 U.S. copyright law. Versus what you're giving me, what you're giving law. me is reasons why people didn't do it, yeah. not why this was right, no, not influential. And, yeah, no, no. But so. I, and and the reason I'm saying that because I wanted to make that clear. Okay. Is that 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 was the situation? That's the reason why I'd say something like this didn't happen in the U.S. One of the things that struck me most profoundly about this, and and I don't know that this is going to be on my top ten at, by the end of the year. It is definitely something oh. that I'm going to be listening to for years to come, but not on heavy rotation. I I enjoy the hell out of this. Part of the reason is because it is one of the first albums, this, the, the new one, Wildflower, not, huh? uh, not the one from 2000. But this one reminded me so much of Three Feet High and Rising. And I remember, right. like from the very first listen to all the way through this album, it reminded me of almost like, you know, song for song. Even the layout of the album is, is very similar mm-hmm. to exactly what De La Soul is doing. And I, I agree 100% with Paul that it was, they weren't taking... 100% De La Soul was not taking 100% samples they were something beyond rap yeah. where it wasn't two samples we're going to rap on top of it and that's our new to, song to that point it was it was there was a, there was a lot of songwriting on top of a lot of sampling yeah yeah to that point again you know De La Soul has an album coming out uh tomorrow mm-hmm. we're taping this uh, and I was to, and uh again because of US copyright laws they can't do they they physically can't do and release this like as is uh, so they hired a bunch of musicians and the results are, I mean, we're probably going to talk about it on the podcast, but the results are like gutting. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, one of the major components of this art form, whereas people like this, and, uh, I want to bring in like girl talk now, right? Just for whatever reason, like gets away with it. And I do see a direct line of descendant from like this band to girl talk. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but when was the last time you listened to a Girl Talk record? I don't think Girl Talk's as good as the no? Avalanches. No. Interesting. I, I, I got to say, I agree. I found, the, I found the rhythms and, and what they picked in order to make this collage, whatever they, you know, because I've, I've seen it called plunder phonics, you know, kind of all over the place, yeah, which I think yeah. is a fun word to say. Sure. Um, but what they have chosen to plunder is it works really well for my ear. This is just the most fun, kaleidoscopy, just funhouse type album and uh, i think the youth vote also has something to say (laughs) well i think what really drew me into this album is that you had mentioned damon albern earlier and girls is like one of my favorite bands especially when their first album and their b-sides album Uh they use a lot of the same um things that um avalanche and avalanches uses which is like the you know not necessarily just different samples from music but also just background noise Mm -hmm. um and that's what i think i really liked about this album in particular is that if you just sit down and you listen to it all in order all of the like background noises that they've added and the different kind of like atmospheric parts of it really make it kind of transcendent in a way okay so i think that it really drew me in and again this is this is a different way of of listening it you know you are full uh 30 years don't, don't think about it just don't think about it <laughs> but uh, but it's something that we always have to consider when we're talking about this so so you're saying like this makes a whole lot of sense to you i wouldn't i wouldn't say that it makes a whole lot of sense i think it's just that yeah at the age that i am i haven't really listened to that the same amount of music to the well, same no, scale no no, no, no that's don't, also don't, don't do yourself a disservice <laughs> i've don't listened to a lot because, of music because, look, but the i way, feel the like way, the way uh, music is going to hit you how it hits you mm-hmm. but if you have it like for example, the more stuff sounds like Boston or Hollow Notes, the better I am. Like, yeah, and that's simply the more stuff sounds like Sleater Kinney, 
the better Paul is, is able to like it. I mean, this is this is how we interpret this stuff. But, but that's where this hits me, is this sounds like 1989 De La Soul. Yeah. And that's when I was in college and when I was like at my happiest. And I remember okay. the first time I heard De La Soul, I was, it was like a light went off and it was like, holy cow, this is just, you know, remarkable that somebody's putting something like this together and they can craft this from all the different parts and components. Um, one thing that Eva was saying when she and I were listening to uh, the album in the cars, she was talking about subways. And when you're listening to Subway, they all the Subway noises are in it, and it fades in and out. Mm-hmm. So you have this real sense of place, and it's like sitting on a well, you're, you're just like you're sitting on a Subway right. car, and it's like the lights are going on and off. Not the Metro, but like an actual real Subway, like in New York, where you can hear the tracks, you can hear the lights going on and off, and you can hear and there's it no fireballs coming in and out, <laughs> right? And nobody's <laughs> crashing into one another, yeah. and you don't have to get off and get on a bus. Um, let's let's hear a song now. Uh, we're gonna play. Uh, was it because I'm me? Yeah. Is that good? Okay. If she don't love me, what can I do? Just put on my best pair of shoes first.
right, because I'm me, uh, that is uh, Avalanche's Wildflower. Um, Carrie, you looked like you wanted to break out some roller skates there. And, 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 and I don't know how your cold robot heart does not just no, I get love the appe- that. I get the appeal of one song. I don't get the appeal of 64 minutes of this thing. It is too long. Uh, because And honestly, because I just don't listen to dance music. I like, honestly, that is one thing that I also like about this album is I like having a, a, a an album that borderlines on electronica, even though it's not, mm-hmm. where I feel like I can listen to this and I don't have to be under the influence of a ton of drugs in order to like feel like I actually get it. Um, because there are so many albums that are out where you're just like, what am I missing? Apparently, it's like Frank fistfuls Wilson. of Molly. So. <laughs> Uh, now Eva, you had some choice comments. Um, <laughs> well, I just think that one thing that I found about the album that I, I don't know if it's a negative or what, but it felt really jarring to me. Like the movement from song to song, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily always the most gentle flow. Like some of the songs definitely do blend right. together really well, but then it feels like in like those classic stalker movies where people find the picture of like magazines with the cut up faces of themselves. <laughs> That's what this feels like. Yeah. But if it were music. <laughs> well, well, I, I mean, and, and to that point, like, think about it though. If this is, if this is meant to be played in like dance halls and stuff, mm-hmm. you don't need to make, you don't need to make an album. You make, you right. make a bunch of singing. You in make dance halls. Huh? <laughs> what? We're playing this in dance halls. Of course. We're jumping in our time machine yeah. and going back. No, what's, what's, what's the club in DC? I don't know what it is. It's not Echo Stage. It's not. But go out to any of these clubs, and I guarantee you, these remixes of these songs are playing. Okay, like right now in the dance hall. In the in the dance hall. <laughs> Eva, what did you Wait, think look, about? If I want to speak in my terms, the discotheque. Okay. Okay. Happy in the discotheque. Uh, um. But I feel like yeah, you said that because I me makes. You want to like break out roller skates. I mm-hmm. feel like the transition from Because I'm Me to Frankie Sinatra, mm-hmm. which sounds like what a psychopath would play while they're like preparing to kill you. Yes. Yes. It's like yes, super <laughs> unsettling. Whereas a lot of the other songs on the album are like, you know, pretty poetic and kind of just, you know, relaxing right. to some degree. And, and, and then you have the songs like Frankie Sinatra, which it's. I and, I, and I don't want to ask if you've seen American Psycho because that'll put your mom in jail. So you have not seen American Psycho, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but that that is that is actually an excellent point about stuff like that. And maybe, and that's that's sort of what I'm getting at is like it's actually valid. That's fine if you want to do a song like that. But if you're putting them together and calling this like an album, there's at least for me, my generation, there has to be some like throughput. This is why, uh, you know, we were just watching upstairs. We just reviewed it. This is why the Frank Ocean album fails because it's a lot of noise mixed in with some good songs and it just doesn't get there and it doesn't say anything. But Frank Ocean is 28. Are you letting your hater aid for Frank Ocean like bleed over into I, subsequent podcasts? <laughs> I, I listened to it twice today. So I, my hater aid is, is, is complex and, and confused. And yes. the, the amount of time that Kevin has to wait for someone to put out an album is directly correlated to the amount of hater aid he pours out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the true. strength of said yeah, hater aid. That's true. Um, but no, I, I actually, you know, I, I hate to say these words, but I kind of agree with you, Kevin, because uh, <laughs> because I think that there is uh, some unevenness on this album, yeah. and I think that some, some? of it, no, I, I you know, <laughs> I think some of it comes from the fact that they tried to integrate so many different guests this time, mm-hmm. and they were really trying to go for more of the De La Soul thing, where mm-hmm. they were they're bringing it, they're bringing in people, uh, but and, and instead of having the same core group working on a unified sound yeah 
they're just bringing in random people that they like to rap or talk over an individual an individual track. So you'll get sequences. Or to of, eat cereal. Yeah, yeah. Or, or to eat, eat cereal, cereal. Just yeah. eat cereal. Bismarcky can just eat cereal apparently. So so um, so in today's marketplace, though, in doing that, I guess that's this also like, uh, like just sort of seeps into me and confuses me. Because when you can just release a single and like do all you can do all that in one single, why take the time except for money? And I get that, but but, but except for money is a big okay. thing. Yeah, but why take the time to like put all this work into it? And it's like no, we can just spread this out over a couple of years. They could have been spreading that over what is it, fourteen years? Sixteen. Sixteen. Years. Four Olympics and an adolescent. <laughs> just even like five of these over singles over that time released would have. Then all of a sudden, like, I, A, I would have known who the hell they were. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? As long as the money holds out, and I think it has for them, um, okay. actually, I think this might be a better strategy because the way the hype cycle works these days, if you're pushing out content regularly, mm-hmm. then people start expecting content and you get judged against the last little bit of micro content you put out. Mm. You wait 16 years and your album whether it's an album or just a collection of things that you could have spread out over time, yeah, becomes an event. And people hyped up this Avalanche's album when yeah, it came out, did. and it got a ton of great reviews. Partially, I think, because you were able to spin 16 years between albums, and because Since I Left You has become pretty much legendary among music critics and certain musicians. Because, yeah. Which, um, yeah, I agree with that, because I think that this album feels like something that they, it was like made for themselves, really. Sure. Like they just kind of got together with a bunch of their friends and were like, oh, this is great, which is fine if you're making an album every year. Like you can have an album that's just like, yeah, I agree. Oh, or, whatever. Or you know, just we'll releasing do this. it on Bandcamp. Right. But like, if you just wait, like, check out our mixtape. <laughs> but if you wait 16 years to do that and then this album gets yeah. really, really hyped up, you can't really afford to just have, uh, you know, make some of the mistakes that I think they made. Unless you're living in the idiocracy, no, no or no. Come Australia. On. It's <laughs> like, oh, whoa, whoa. But no, I'm just saying, Australia is about usually the joke. We are about the, xenophobia here on no, the right. podcast. I don't trust those guys and their kangaroos. Um, you know their toilets flow backwards down there. Yeah, no. they, they, every single animal there is venomous. True. Every, every single, single animal in Australia is venomous. Um, it's the joke amongst. Uh, I do have some friends who are you just traumatized all, who some are listeners. Australian. No, <laughs> then they will understand this joke. Everybody that I know who's from Australia routinely says that the country is twenty years behind uh, everywhere else in the world. Okay, so this is all current music for them. All right. Um, I, I did uh, actually note in one of the articles I read about this that they got permission from Paul McCartney and Yoko Ono to use the "Come Together" clip, mm-hmm. but I don't know that they told them that it was going to be put right after Bismarcky was eating Lucky Charms. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, and again, that falls. That's something like you generally wouldn't have flown in the U.S. Right, because Paul McCartney does not have the U.S. rights to his music. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> so, that's an excellent point. I mean, that's that's unfortunately how that is. So uh, I guess uh, let's start with Paul. What are you, what are you doing with this man? Um, I'm going to stream it. Yeah, I think that there's a uh, there's a lot of stuff on here I really enjoy. It's going to get uh, thrown onto some mixes. I don't know that I'm going to listen to the album front to back Mm -hmm. a lot, but uh, there's more than enough here to, uh, I think, hold the interest of uh, any listener. Are you going to make me talk about it at the end of the year? Uh, No. Good. No. I could definitely name 10 albums really quickly that I like more than this this year. Excellent. Excellent. 
Uh, Eva, you get a vote. Um, well, I would say that. Are you going to buy it? There were definitely <laughs> no. Sorry, I'm not sure. Okay, so so um, here, here we have a, we have a buy, stream, or pass. Now we say stream because that is the way you try things out these days. So really, you're it's an endorsement of like. Wait, does Spotify count as streaming? Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'm already streaming it. Like okay. I've been listening to it actually a lot this week, but there's definitely some of the songs that struck me a lot more than others. And there's definitely a couple of the songs that I've already put onto playlists that I listen to pretty regularly, yeah. but I feel like it's, it's got a pretty short life for me. I don't know if it's going to last that long so check it out. on these playlists. Yeah, so yeah, so I'll just kind of stream it. All right. Carrie. So, um, I'm also probably not going to make you listen to it in December, but I am going to buy it. Oh. And I've already recommended it to a couple of other friends who say, what are you listening to Is it going right on now? a running mix? It's already on the running mix. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. There's, a, there's two, two on here that are on the running mix. Uh, unsurprisingly, <laughs> I'm not just going to pass Kevin. on the album. I'm going to pass on Avalanches as a concept because uh, even <laughs> you after- You need to delete it from it, your queue. Yeah, no emails about it. This, I still am just like very confused. And that could be because my meds are wearing off. But, <laughs> but it's neither here nor there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, avalanches, uh, wildflower, do with it what you will, kids. And, uh, if anybody's seen Force Majeure, Kevin's the guy just bolting away from the table. As it comes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. All right, well, thank you guys for coming down. Thank you. Uh, Eva, you are now on your first podcast. Thank you. It's amazing. It's been a pleasure being here. Awesome. <laughs> Come back more, get more jaded. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. That was it. That was the Avalanche's Wildflower. Uh, I honestly, I, I, I'm not going to apologize for my stance on that, uh, but I definitely played the, the team old card here. Uh, and that's okay, because a, a lot of you guys really like that. So, Or maybe you had never heard of them. Maybe you were like me. You had no idea who this band was. This is an intro, and maybe what you heard, you really dug. So if, that, if that's the case, uh, work done here. Uh, we turned you on to something. Or turned you off. Yeah, whatever the case may be, uh, that was the Avalanche's Wildflower. Instead up front, we're going to be talking about a little track of band that's playing here outside D.C. at Jam and Java coming up in the next week. Portland Cello Project, 10 years old uh, this year. And what, what this is, is a, it's a sort of a rotating group, uh, or has rotated over the years. And uh, it is exactly what it says it is. A bunch of cellos, some other instrumentation. And... They essentially cover whole albums. They've done OK Computer, uh, for example, much like um, Mother Falcon. Uh, They're a group very similar to that, I think, with a little less instrumentation. And uh, they tour around the country, and they try to introduce people to, like, stuff that they might not have normally liked. Like, if you are really into classical music, you're going to be like, ooh, Cello Project. And then they're playing OK Computer, which you might not have been into, uh, that is it, what I'm trying to say is their mission is righteous. And, uh, so to celebrate this 10th anniversary, uh, they made a video, an arrangement of, uh, Prince's, how come you don't call me anymore? It's featuring, uh, vocalist, Nafasaria Scroggins Thomas. And, uh, and it's fantastic. So without further ado, here you go. Uh, Portland cello project 
How come you don't call me anymore? Sometimes I'm 
Portland Cello Project, how come you don't call me anymore? Uh, uh, it's just someone how much Prince influenced everything, man. Everything. And uh, that was great. I, I'm actually really looking forward to the show. I've been... I don't know if you, if you guys have, are hip to this, but I have a, I have a background in like classical music, played uh, violin for for many many years. I was actually the concertmaster of a uh, youth orchestra. Competed up here, played places like the Kennedy Center. Uh, this is many years ago, um, and my violin now sits upstairs in a state of repair. But uh, it's something that I, that I grew up with and, and really appreciate. And, and as all things, you get away from it, and then. Uh, Especially the stuff, whatever it is that you grow up with, you rebel against it, and now I'm sort of coming back to it and seeking it out, seeing some, uh, seeing some real musicianship, and uh, and see what we got going on there. So, uh, there'll be links in the show notes to their site and their tour dates. If you're not in DC, they're coming around. Pretty good, extensive tour, and uh, so hopefully you dug it. Hopefully you dug everything you heard. Uh, if you did. I got something you can do. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can leave us a rating. You know, I none of this is like real world uh, currency, but it, it does help us out when we're like looking at people. Say, hey, now would you want to come on this? And this is this is what people think of it. Or you know, we're, we're we might be fishing for uh, you know, putting out feelers for little sponsorships coming up here, maybe this year, maybe next year, and say, hey, you know, this is this is what people think about us. What's that worth to you? And what that does is that's going to help us uh, do things like improved equipment. Uh, it's going to help us do things uh, like get more ambitious with what we're doing, more planning, bring in uh, some some bigger brains possibly, and uh, and the end result is is music just gets spread everywhere, and that's that's our whole goal. So none of that made sense, but it will soon. Uh, so yeah, that's our podcast for this week. Uh, we will see you in a few short days. Um, until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon. <laughs> 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 Kenobi!